on today's I didn't say that a Trump town hall and Katie tortures me. Let's go. And before we get going, be sure to check out our friends at Freedom First Co. They have great apparel and they're running a St. Patty's Day sale. So all their evergreen shirts are $17. And as always, you can get our logo shirt. I think they run them for $18. So do it now. It's freedomfirst.co. And you can also follow them on Instagram at freedomfirst.co. You took my line. There you go. Uh, if you notice the smoother transition from talking to music, that's because Katie is back in the controls. <laughs> I have been doing the controls for the past uh, couple of shows. I've for, been teaching him, you guys. For no even reason. He used to be an executive producer of a number one radio show, but I was the one doing the music. <laughs> yes, if you couldn't already t- figure out who we are. <laughs> uh, no, um, <laughs> that's true. Anyways, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. We're recording this Sunday night, March 8th. 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 Daily savings time happens this morning. Daily savings time. It's 8. It's the greatest thing to ever happen to the world every year. Daylight savings time. I want to come out as an unabashed supporter of global warming. So great. Tell them why global warming is so great. What you did, do you didn't need to team me up that much. I was going to get into it. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, uh, I love global warming because today, for the first time in four months, four very long months, November. We did a little bit in November. A little bit in November. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, so I started a new job at the end of October, and we played golf that weekend and then the weekend after. Yep. And that was it. Done. Finito. Mm-hmm. After that first weekend in November. And um, today, well, this past Friday, the first golf course around us opened for business. Walking only. Which all is 18. how it should be done anyway. The green. We can, we can do a golf podcast. Um, no. The green on the fifth hole was... A hole in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> that was fun. That was the only quote unquote alternate green that they had, um, which as soon as we realized kind of <laughs> kind of made things funny. Um, but I just want to say that it is amazing that in New Hampshire, at the beginning of March, it is golf season. It's 53 degrees, sunny. And we're golfing. It is real and it is spectacular. <laughs> Tomorrow it's going to be sixty-six, and if I didn't have this stupid thing called a job, <laughs> yeah, these jobs jobs are really going to get in the way. I might. You know what? Maybe we should. I vote. might come down with some COVID nineteen on Tuesday. <laughs> I was going to say maybe we should vote for Bernie Sanders so we don't have to work, but we would be in line for four hours at the bread line, so we wouldn't be able to go golf. Mm, yeah. Well. Uh, well, could we call in with starvation and go play nine or eighteen? Could he survive 18? I don't actually if, think if golf courses economy, would exist in a socialist society. Well, everything would be a golf course because... Um, <laughs> there wouldn't know, be any property there would anywhere. Be no, there would be no property. There wouldn't be really any laws. As long as you don't run into the, the, the militias, you'd probably squeeze in a quick 9 to 12 before, you know, anything bad happened. I'm pretty sure we would have had to barter away our golf clubs for, like, milk and eggs at that point. 
Yeah. Probably. Luckily, luckily we're not big bakers, so we're going to get away with the flour and sugar. So yeah. We can we can we can, we can barter can, with we'll, that. We'll trade in our goods during Bernie's <laughs> economy for a lot higher quality items. Um, thank goodness. But but no, seriously. Uh, so I just wanted to come out and say. It is golf season in New Hampshire in March. Global warming's awesome. Greta stinks. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you take away golf for four more months? How dare you? Snow? Bush League. Bush League. Anyways, um, what the Trump Town Hall? We just you just watched it. Yes, you just watched it. We it. had to tape it for for Katie. So we, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. I watched basically I basically watched it again. <laughs> what were your takeaways? I thought he sounded great. Yeah. I thought he had good answers. Yeah. But I look at it more of the like spectacle of things and how the left is how your typical liberal is going to look at it and they're gonna be like, Oh well, he had a a friendly crowd and they gave him softball questions and my thought on that is i didn't think the questions were that softball i actually thought they were a little harder than the the liberal questions that the libs get on cnn and msnbc and when the libs get their town halls on cnn and msnbc they got all fans in there like maybe they're not voting for warren but they're voting for someone there like they're not full of trump supporters actually grilling yeah. them with real questions the only time we ever saw a liberal get grilled with real questions was when mike bloomberg went on fox news and he got destroyed because he didn't even know what to say i actually thought bloomberg was fine on fox news i just thought he was too honest uh, i think one of bloomberg's biggest why, problems was that he why was do you want to take my guns when you have guns oh, oh well, yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. an important cool. person so sorry yeah. and he kind of he got saved from the end of rest of that interaction by the protesters the protesters couldn't have been timed better for Mini Mike during that Fox News town hall because that was really, they were, he was about to get destroyed, destroyed on that. You're right, you're right. That was a really stupid answer. But like, that's just him being honest. Like, that's my, I think one of the biggest points of Bloomberg is that like he was, he answered things honestly and people were like, that's not what we want. That's not what we want. Because you're right. I mean, I think, I think the Trump team, Combined with Fox News, did a great job staging this town hall. I don't think it was staged. Well, I think the Fox Death Star is fully operational, which I I think is a good thing. I thought some of the questions were kind of innocuous questions no one really cares about. But the liberals get innocuous questions like that all the time. Like, yeah, I thought Brett, I thought Brett Baron and and Martha McCallum, I thought they did a good job of asking questions they asked some real things like hey you said you were going to take on the debt and it's risen like yep. what are that you going to do about that that was a real question the coronavirus question at the beginning they asked about healthcare. pressing him a lot health care the health care answer i thought was really interesting when he talked about how well the debt question was interesting because he's like well i wanted to cut the debt but we needed to fix our military we had There's, no ammunition apparently we had, you know we had no ammunition there are other things that look we inherited obama's government and and this goes into his health care or his health his healthcare answer, which was we inherited something. And the choice was basically we can gut it and kill off a bunch of this stuff, or we can spend the money to properly management manage it until we can come up with a solution to solve the problem. And his and Trump's answer was basically we're going to spend the money so that no one's life 
is impacted. No one's life gets ruined. We're not taking away anything from anyone. Yeah, it adds to the debt, but at the same time, we didn't want to be this disruptive force. We want to solve problems for the long term. And I thought it was a reasonable answer. I don't agree with it, but you know, I think the answer is better than anything that's coming out of the Democrats. So by default, <laughs> it's the correct answer in today's politics. Um, you, you know, I mean, I just I think there are just so few things that you can actually complain about the Trump presidency. Or I mean, if you want to go after the debt, sure. But I mean, point to a president. Honestly, since Bill Clinton was working with Newt Gingrich, where the the spending was under control, and you, you just really can't. Um, Hopefully he gets under control in the second term. He can come up with some more solutions to some of these issues that he's he's figuring out. I mean, look, he's got to correct eight years of Barack Obama. Yeah. That's really hard to do. That's really hard to do. You could have someone in an office for eight years who had no idea what they were doing. People were dying all around him. And then finally, you have someone who knows how to run things and goes oh my gosh, this is a disaster. We need to fix this stuff. And he's run into, I think everyone has had a job like this. You walk into a job and you are sold on one thing and then you get in there and after a couple of days you're like, oh, ooh, this is bad. This has been mismanaged. This, if... If we keep going down this path, bad things happen. Bad things happen across the board. And that's what Donald Trump was walking into, and that's what he's figuring out. Um, Thank goodness he's president and kind of has, you know, as much as the deep state has tried to end his presidency at every single term, he has still been able to fight through it and go, well, we're going to make the reforms that are necessary because— at the end, towards the end, he gives such an illuminating answer when he's, you know, Brett Bear kind of asked him about, you know, his life. Like, what's what's it been like giving up the life of an A-list celebrity who could go and do whatever they wanted but still lived in, you know, not relative anonymity, but as Trump says, like, I can walk down Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I can walk. He's like, I could walk around New York and no one's going to bother me. It's like, yeah, people would take pictures. People would notice me. But, like, you know, in New York City, he's just another billionaire. He's another celebrity. Right. You're going to run into these people all the time. And, you know, he's just the Donald. And now he's like, if I said to the Secret Service that I wanted to go shopping. (laughs) Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And he goes, so it's not a free life. I don't live a free life. I've given up a ton of freedoms. But. I believe we are saving this country. And that makes it worth it. And that was really the one line that I took away. Is that this is a man who came in, came down the escalator in 2015 and pointed out to all of us. He goes, all of these things that you look at on a daily basis or you sit down on Sunday and you open up your Sunday newspaper and you see illegal immigrants getting, illegal aliens getting away with crimes. You see 
you 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 see the government not working on behalf of the people but working on behalf of of the non-taxpayers the people who people who just want more there's more and more people laying about you know it seems like he said if you're the american taxpayer you are looking at what's going on in this country and you've got to be angry you've got to be upset you've got to be a little bit pissed off that you've been getting the short end of the stick even though you're what's keeping this country together and he's like i'm upset about it with you and i'm gonna be a force for positive change and it's what we talked about on previous episodes donald trump stands for something he has policies he has positions when you vote for donald trump a vote for donald trump is for an america american worker first agenda mm -hmm. when you vote for the democrats in this cycle you are simply voting against donald trump with the exception of bernie sanders who wants to tear this country down he wants to tear this country down to the studs and rebuild it. Just moved to Venezuela. Just moved, yeah, right. If you want to fight over toilet paper, just move to Venezuela. But I thought that town hall was great. You, well, did you have any other takeaways about the town hall? Um, I There was a woman who asked a question about, you know, I am a trump supporter and mm -hmm. i've lost friends over it yes like what are you going to do to bring the country together and trump's response was well i think you know as we all become successful that unites us but politicians have to be able to be civil and if they're not you have to fight back you have mm -hmm. to and i love that it's like that's what republicans always used to do they were like politicians should be civil and you always have to be civil, even if other people aren't being civil. And Trump's like, no, screw that. Yep. Like, you if you're you can't come to a gunfight with a knife. You gotta come to a gunfight hey, with a gun. Easy there, Barack Obama, talking about guns and knife fights. Those are Barack Obama quote. If they bring if you bring if you if they bring a knife to a fight, we bring a gun. Barack Obama. It's the violent violent rhetoric of the left. I still think my point stands. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just screwing with you. Um, and that's why so many people like him. Because yes. re Republicans historically always roll Bansies. over. They always roll over. They always try to make the liberal media like them. They're never going to like you. So don't acquiesce. You have to stand tough because just, you're right. Mm -hmm. and, and they're going to try to convince you you're wrong. And you're not, you're not. Think about the Republicans that the media hates. Donald Trump. Ronald Reagan, Barry Goldwater, Calvin Coolidge is just ignored. But you look at that, it's, those, it's the firebrands. The guys who didn't take no for an answer, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz. I mean, how many Donald people who voted for Donald Trump were, well, if it wasn't for Donald Trump, I would just have voted for Ted Cruz. I would think a considerable amount. Mm -hmm. Um... So I put them kind of in the, you know, I, I, I think Donald Trump's kind of in that next, like, evolved state of it. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. And, and, this is, and this is what we had. People reach out to us after the Tuesday episode and be like, you're quoting Fox. 
Trump wasn't angry, you know, it's like Trump's anger wasn't what drew us to him. And I read that piece not as Donald Trump went out there and energized all the angry people out there and the angry white people, and he's just an angry old white man, and, you know, this is just anger, 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 anger on the right. I think this was, I thought this was the piece more or less stated there are working class people out there who are upset that they work day in and day out and pay their taxes and play by the rules. And the system has now been set up to the point where you don't have to do that anymore. One of our points that we always make when what we and this happened on the golf course today we got matched up with a, a father and a son and we're out there playing and you know you do the usual oh hey where are you from you know whatever and it comes up oh well we used to before we we moved here we, we were living in san francisco and when you're on the golf course and you bring up san francisco more often than not people are going to go oh well how's that how uh Oh, San Francisco is a you know conservative leaning game, and I don't uh, think they were conservative though. No, I don't think they were, but I think they were. I think they were. I don't. I don't. I honestly have no idea what their politics were, but you know, it's not political to point out that when you go to San Francisco, you see things that you don't see in other cities. You see feces. You see um, people who are um, heavily impacted by drugs. They're heavily intoxicated at the time. People who are mentally ill. People who are mentally ill screaming up and down the street. And one of the things we always point out is that anything under any crime or theft under $900 is not a crime anymore. Yeah. So people, there are videos of people just going into CVS, grabbing a bunch of stuff and walking right out, out. And nothing happens to them. Nothing happens to them. And uh, the the father asks, "Well, what what what, uh, what do you think is responsible for that?" And Katie just goes, "Stupidity," <laughs> <laughs> and we all laugh. And it's not a political comment because it's it's the, what's going on in San Francisco is no longer a left or right thing. It's really a, um, do you just do you just not care anymore? And you're like, "This is the price I pay to live here," which. You know, I think is kind of where the rich are in San Francisco. It's like, well, whatever. It's so far removed from my life. I don't really care. Um, or you look at it and you go. I just personally. Maybe we went too far here. Couldn't stay there and support that. Like, no. there is something to be said for voting with your wallet and voting or, you yes. know, supporting with your dollars. And I just I didn't want to support something that we didn't believe in and that we thought was going down the wrong place. But I think the larger point is that San Francisco, it's not, it's no longer just contained to, to San Francisco, which has long been a punching bag for the conservative movement. It's LA no, actually has three times. As I was many say, it's no longer, it's no longer even contained to the West coast. Cause you could say Portland and Seattle and Los Angeles actually, and Skid Row. Homeless people. I mean, look at look at the violent crime that's happening under Bill de Blasio right now. 
I mean, New York is turning, I mean, New York is closer to the days of the Warriors than it is to the days of Rudy Giuliani right now. Um, that's a frightening thing to, to think about. Uh, Chicago, uh, enough said. So many murders there. We don't even know the names of people who get murdered there anymore. I think I would Louis, rather fly dangerous. to Wuhan, China right now than go walk alone on the streets of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in Chicago a month ago for work, and it's just une- I just Well, it just so happened that I was there during the Iowa caucus and the State of the Union and all these CNN town halls, so I didn't really, have any, I didn't really need to go out and explore the city because I just wanted to watch television, um, watch Democrats just yell at each other, and uh, except for the State of the Union, it was just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no, I just, you know, even, even in our sleepy little New England town, walk down the street, there's needles. Eh. I haven't seen any. Oh, I've seen, I've seen more than a handful. Oh, well, I haven't seen them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's needles, there's homeless, there's beggars. A few. Hey, whoa, stop, stop. Well, I'm not, I'm not, but what I'm saying is, is that to get back to the original point, Donald Trump was saying, you are seeing these things that are going wrong in society. I am just as upset about it as you are. Here's my plan to fix it, take it or leave it. And no one else had a plan and no one else really had a, um, oh, no one else seemed to give a snot about it as much as Donald Trump did. He was as angry that the rest of us, you're like, I pay my taxes, I do the right thing, and I still have to put up with this nonsense? Come on. So that's what we were getting at, just to clarify that point. Uh, it wasn't that we think that Donald Trump is just this angry man walking around. I think on the contrary, I think he's one of the happiest, funniest presidents. Maybe, probably the happiest and funniest president of my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Um, for sure. For sure. I think he's the classic happy, happy conservative warrior, the thing that... The left always tries to paint us as mean, but in reality, when you look at all these social studies, who's the ha- who are happier, liberals or conservatives? It's always conservatives. Conservatives are always measured to be happier. Yeah. Because we are. Um, all right, enough of that town hall. Do you, do you want to tell everyone why I made you do something you didn't want to do? <laughs> what was the line you said at the beginning? Oh, Katie tortured me. Oh, yeah, I tortured him. So Hulu released mm. a four-part documentary on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and I was like, mm. yes, let's watch it. Mm. <laughs> I I Ugh. flipping love those shows. Like I, we watched the Anthony Weiner one. That like, was funny. A, a but that was only an hour and a half. And that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was great. They're so full of themselves. They don't. That one, they didn't even understand that they were, like, exposing them. I still don't even think Anthony Weiner knows that what he did was wrong. Mm-mm. But anyway, so I was like, we're going to watch this. Because one, it's going to give us fodder for the podcast. And two, I just, I I got to know what's in it. Like, I, I got to know how they're going to defend all these things. And for me, watching Hillary Clinton talk and Bill Clinton oh. talk about their personal lives is like watching real life House of Cards meets Veep. Like legitimately, they are that couple. They are the couple where there's no love in their life, but they pretend like there is. They each use each other for power. And that's, I mean, that's why she never, 
left him when he screwed around with all these girls because that was their arrangement. And then she's like, I don't know why people don't trust me. Well, example A. (laughs) I first of all want to state that I despise the Clintons. Who doesn't? And that what I thought my wife did to me this week and making me watch the first two episodes of this four-part documentary, I thought was rude and uncalled for. (laughs) I thought it was a version of spousal abuse that might not be recognized by the courts, but I think a jury of my peers would convict Katie of... Oh, I thought you were talking about Hillary was under spousal abuse. Why are you talking about me? You're a free man. You don't have to sit there on the couch. We have a four-story built, four-story house. You could have gone to any other oh, floor. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're still the proletariat. Let's not get crazy here. Four stories. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a bit. Katie's not playing into this. She thinks I'm serious. Well, I thought you were talking about Hillary. Okay. I am talking about this stupid bleeping documentary. (laughs) This thing stinks. (laughs) This stinks. I hate this. I hate this. I have to watch these awful people. No, it isn't. Look. I I love behind the scenes of anything, even if it's it's Clorox wiped. Pun intended. Here's the issue with it. The issue with it is that it's really well edited. I thought the Obviously. director did a great job. I, thought, I, I think as a filmmaking, as a film, it's doing a great job. If you want to make Hillary Clinton a sympathetic figure, that was the goal that you set out to do in a documentary. I think they have edited this together brilliantly to make her look like a sympathetic figure who at every turn has, you know, the 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 patriarchy has stuck it to her. Well, I think the most hilarious thing is to see her kvitch over how the media, you know, laid into her about the emails and different things. Yeah, and she's I'm just never like, gotten a give fair me a break! Media. Like you haven't gone through one one hundredth of what a norm average Republican goes through, and you're crying a river. Like, give me a break. So. You watch it, you watch this, and, and what I'm trying to describe here is what Katie, Katie touches on, Katie, Katie's talking about there is you're, you're watching this, and you go, I hesitate, I hesitate to bring these people into it, but, but, but my mother is very well educated, Katie's mother, my mother-in-law is, is very well educated, these are women with advanced degrees, these are very intelligent people, and I mean this in the nicest, most positive way possible. Oh, Lord, here we go. You said the same thing as watching it. Yeah, I was planning on saying it out loud. But you, but if you grew up with an assertive, successful mother, working mother in your life, you see glimpses of that in Hillary Clinton. Like 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 she comes off that way. Her like yes. like her like assertiveness you go- and her um smarts and mm-hmm. her you know being She's a not first, a stupid person. I mean right, that's being the, thing. the first female yeah. partner at her law firm. Yeah. All those sorts of things did 
remind me of my mother. But what didn't remind me, she's a, just a cold and there person. Was, and then I just, yeah. And there, she's, well, she's a cold person. She that, doesn't seem yep. to know how to be a mother. Whereas my mother was super warm, super I don't know if supportive. I want to go that far. She looked pretty cold. I, I'm sorry. I guess, I guess a warm what I'm saying, person. I guess what I'm saying you is. You can't interview a warm person for 10 plus hours and not see a single shred of it. Oh, I don't think that that's a fair characterization. I think I think she's coming off as human as she knows how to. Max, she's a cold person. I know she's cold. I'm just I'm just saying I. I thought one of the things that was interesting is that she talks about this early part of her career and you know rising up in this law firm in the in the sixties and seventies. And, you know, I, I think it just reminded me of, like, you know, I was being like, yeah, we had to put up with some BS. But, like, whatever. Like, I was smarter than the men I was working with. I was tougher. I didn't care. Like, is that, like, that's the tactic that you want to, like, take against me? Like, fine. Whatever. Bring it on. Like, I'm better than you. Right. And like I saw that and, and like and like that I think that in and I can see why people would look at that quality of her and find that endearing. But you're right. She is cold. She is calculating. And you look you you watch the what I'm getting at is you watch a documentary and you start to fall into that trap of like, you know, Coming from her perspective, yeah, I can see him. Maybe she got a bad rap there. Maybe she got a raw deal there. Well, Maybe I- got it. And then you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. This is Hillary Clinton we're talking about here. Maybe one of the coldest, most calculated political professionals that we have ever seen. Someone who is an unabashed, like society climber. Do you want to make a guess about when she switched? Because I think there was a point in her life when she switched, and I think it was after Clinton lost the governorship. I think that's when she went from being like, I'm pretty much focused on working, and Bill, you do your thing as a governor, but I'm really focused on my law for, my law career. And that's when she switched into like, I'm going to be politically active, Bill and I are going to be this powerhouse couple and I'm not going to take anything from anyone. Well, it had to be around that time where she also figured out that Bill touches everything but the third rail. Oh, probably. And that's probably when she, they probably have some sort of come to Jesus moment and said, hey, look, you, Bill, you do what you got to do. I'm going to look the other way. But... In exchange. In exchange, you can't embarrass me publicly. I think her mindset rapidly changed when she got embarrassed publicly. And she had to give that interview. That 16 minutes interview. So I agree. I think the first time he loses the governorship, the first time he loses the governorship, she goes, I might have more she's like well okay there's some flaws here there's something i gotta figure out but i'm i've got to but you're right i have to make sure i'm set up for my own personal success i agree and i think that 60 minutes interview in 91 92 i think that was the one that was the straw that broke the camel's back when she was like i'm not going through this 
what I say goes now. And I'm going to do what I have to do. I, that was my take from it. Yeah, of course you're not gonna you're not gonna get that if you watch the documentary. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. I wish they were. I they you know what I actually think they did in that documentary. They make Bill Clinton look like a buffoon. They make him look like he's not that smart. He's not that great of a politician. Yeah. It was all Hillary. She was the best one. She should have run for president. She should have been governor. Well, it's in this it's in this lens of like here's this brilliant woman in the shadow of this. Like philandering, philandering idiot. Yeah, and it's it, and it, and you're right. You you watch it. You're like, no, that's not the case. Like Bill Clinton is actually like a fairly naturally talented politician, um, and you can see when he talks about like you know twenty. He's like, yeah, 2016 was a populist election, but so was the election that I won in 1992. Like, there's a way to win it if you're a Democrat. That was actually kind of an interesting thing where he kind of goes i mean there that was like a backhanded it wasn't even a backhanded compliment it was it was like a it was like a glancing blow against his own wife of being like well i won a populist election in 1992 why couldn't you do it (laughs) i mean the big thing that helped bill clinton was uh ross perot i also really like how she complains that she has to deal with putting on makeup and she calculated that it took her like 25 hours on the campaign trail while no the guys, it's, been, it's been like 20 28 days of her life yeah that she's put on put makeup on hair and makeup and the guys could just wake up and go on stage which number one i'm pretty sure they put on like bronzer and stuff so they look more alive so i'm not sure that's true but two you don't have to Mm-hmm. No one. There is no rule book that states you must do your hair, you must put on makeup before you go campaign. You do it because you feel more confident and you think that's what people want of you. That's your issue. If you don't want to wear makeup and you don't want to do your hair, then don't. So I started taking notes during the first episode. Perfect. I didn't take any notes. I have one note. <laughs> Don't interrupt the bit. (laughs) Go on, bit. So right away in the first episode, yelling. Yelling. (laughs) She drops a, what you see is what you get. Direct quote. Hillary Hillary Clinton. What you see is never what you get with the Clintons. So right away, you're just reminded, oh, yes, these are habitual liars that we're about to watch, right? Which negates all of the positive things that we're saying about all of this media manipulative magic that they try to work to make Hillary cut as a sympathetic figure. Just remember, it's Hillary Clinton. That's all you need to remember. You're (laughs) like, oh, wow, you know, this woman, she's kind of, that's Hillary Clinton. Then there's punk music that plays during the entrance intro, right? There's yes. like this punk song that plays during it. Um, do do these notes have like a theme, or you just? She talks about her upbringing. Women were at home, except teachers and librarians. She was a good student. Oh, I she remember. She gives a shitty college speech. Part of my language. There were two things I wanted to to go over. So, one, she talked about the emails, and she talked about how 
She just wanted it to go away. And she didn't want to apologize. And then her team was like, you got to apologize. So she apologized, but it's a crap apology. And she just like never understood that the American people, specifically, I would say liberals, didn't just want an apology. They wanted her to mean it. They could tell it was just lip service. There's an element of her and some of the things that she said that is, why didn't you understand how I put it the first time? I'm now annoyed that I have to explain my response to your first question, which I thought was innocuous, but then got blown out of proportion. I also want to know how she went from understanding when she was the first lady of Arkansas and the governor's wife and working at a law firm that got state money that she purposely put up a firewall and made less money so that she was not involved in the government cases went from that understanding to then being like, well, I just wanted to set up my emails. It was just easier. And I just didn't feel like following the rules. Like, how do you go from like getting that this could be an issue to being like, meh. And that's, I think elitism. Well, her answer and, would be... And feeling like you're above the law. Her answer would be Colin Powell did it. There was a precedent that was set. Now, the precedent, that, the precedent that she's talking about is a precedent that was set before email become, became the main form of inter-office communication. So saying that, like, oh, someone had their own private email and, like, stuff got sent to it, that's because people weren't using email to the same extent that they were during the... Obama's first term. She was Secretary of State. So exactly. I mean, she was just like she she you're it's a that's a great point that you're making. She went from ultimate rule follower to I am above the law. Right. Uh, okay, where were we? She gives a shitty speech in college, part of my <laughs> language. Sorry, kids. Um, but it's important for you to know that Hillary Clinton is shitty. Never thought I would get into politics. But uh, Eugene McCarthy and Bobby Kennedy inspired me. (laughs) And then I have a note here that says one third of the way through. Oh, shit. There's 40 minutes left. (laughs) And then. And that's where my notes ended. On a final note, uh, they they follow her through the primary in Nevada. 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 And she's like, these are my people. These are her people. Oh, that's right. Latinos, that's right. working class, you know, poor working folk. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I guess I missed the part in the documentary where Hillary was poor. Was Latino. it or, or a minority? Latinx. Uh, Latinx. Was it when she said that she moved to the suburbs of Chicago and had to leave it to be her childhood? Mm-hmm. Or was it when she went to a private women's college, Wellesley, that's very expensive and for privileged only or was it when she went to yale law school or then worked in a law firm i'm sorry i missed that part where she was poor and and really had to scrimp and save i I missed that part i think these are her people i think once again you are falling into the mainstream media trap of being way too hard to senorita clinton (laughs) like i don't get it anyways we have two more episodes of this to go I'm obviously going to make Max watch it. Congratulations. We're probably going to go watch one right now. I. He secretly loves it, you guys. He secretly loves it. No, I don't. Yeah, he does. He does, though. You know, just just because, (laughs) just because I enjoy watching all this stupid nonsense doesn't mean I want to. (laughs) Do you have a Trump tweet of the day? 
All right. It's this is at Donald at the real Donald Trump. Excuse me. We have now learned for sure that the Democrats didn't want anything to do with crazy Bernie rigged. First, Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg edge quit the race and come out for Sleepy Joe before Super Tuesday. Pocahontas says no and quits race after election, thereby depriving Bernie of at least five states and the nomination. Did the DNC and Dems tell Elizabeth Warren to wait? If so, they were deadly. The race would have been over and Bernie would have won. Dirty double dealing? Nobody knows for sure and history will be the judge, but I say here we go again, Bernie. (laughs) Oh, God, he loves to troll them. It's so good. It's so good. So good. All right. Ready? Until next time, I guess. Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Something like that. Something like that. Oh, there's an election on Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, we'll do, yep. Yeah. So we'll do that wrap up. We'll All right. We'll do that wrap up. Until next time.